right, glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. We got a lot of ground to cover today. I mean, a lot of ground. We got a lot about uh, the border that is going on that we're going to continue. Uh, called out earlier, we'll grab this tape in a minute, but uh, see Peter Ducey called out, circle back Glenn, uh, Jen Psaki in, in her statement that, oh, he wasn't really lying. Yeah, he is lying on a whole host of issues, and now he's getting called out on it. Border app- apprehensions now a 20-year high in March, on top of the high set and record set in February. So imagine this, we, you know, everybody in the left, they, they just bow at the altar of the great Dr. Fauci, right? Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, the same guy a year ago that was saying, masks don't work. Now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. No. You're sure of it, because people are listening really no. closely to this. Uh, right now, people should not be walking, there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. They've been wrong the entire time. Every model, every single thing that they advised early on and you know, think about that. Then it became one mask. Everybody mask, 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 mask. Then it became two masks. Wear two. Now it's like, get the vaccine. Yeah, but, but then wear a mask after the vaccine. I'm like, okay. Uh, you know, you, you just can't win here. So anyway, it was interesting because uh, Lindsey Graham Friday in a tweet said, Fauci needs to go to the border and witness in person firsthand the biggest super spreader event in the nation. Now, if the Biden administration had their way, you wouldn't know what's going on at the border because they, they have kept the media out of the bo- out of these facilities. When we finally get pictures out of the facilities, what do we see? We see that, OK, Joe's lifting of the stay in Mexico policy. Joe's been building more cages for more kids and more manifestations that we've ever seen before. These kids are living on top of each other, many not even being tested for COVID-19, just transferred to other states. That's why 100 kids already have tested positive out in San Diego for COVID positivity. Now, they're in the middle, by the way, of warning of a fourth wave of the COVID-19, of the COVID response. And at the same time, this open borders Biden policy here. They're letting people in by record numbers, a 20-year high. It's probably going to end the year with two and a half million more people in this country that came here and entered this country illegally. Why? Well, it's just an extension of all things, you know, one big liberal leftist power grab. But you're doing it in the middle of a pandemic where not everybody's gotten the vaccine yet that the government so desperately wants everybody to get. Anyway, so the Center for Disease Control, the director ditched her prepared remarks to voice a, a feeling of impending doom and fighting back tears, literally saying with, that even though the, the current pace of three million shots a day may not be enough to prevent a final surge among the majority of Americans who are not yet vaccinated. And now they're raising questions about the vaccines ability to fight off the the different variants so far it seems like it does but there's 
Certainly not been any positive proof on that. A startling number of unaccompanied migrant children have tested positive for COVID-19. This is directly from ABC News after being transferred out of border stations. Now, if you owned a daycare center or ran a daycare center and the images that were we had to sneak them out in the beginning of these kids in Biden and Harris's cages at where they're literally all over each other on top of each other. And Dr. Fauci, the great Dr. Fauci is, is shocked. You know, we was asked in an interview, you know, well, what about Lindsey Graham saying that Dr. Fauci needs to go to the border and, and watch this biggest super spreader event in the nation? He's like, oh, that's bizarre. Equating me with things that have to do with the border. I mean, I have nothing to do with the border. Then uh, Neil Cavuto was doing the interview. He says, do you think it could be a super spreader event? Maybe someone with your expertise should be sent down there to monitor how worrisome this situation is. And Fauci replies, but having me at the border, that's really not what I do. I, I develop vaccines, he said. I develop countermeasures. Well, wouldn't one of the countermeasures be keep the stay in Mexico policy, keep building the border wall, bring back catch and release? Anyway, so that's all happening. 20-year high in the middle of what they are now saying is the fourth wave. 12 days since our new border czar, Kamala Harris, has been named and tapped for the dealing with it. Still no meetings scheduled for her uh, to, to get updated on what's happening at the border. They tried to put the gag order in effect for the, for the media. They were successful up until late last week. And those 19 senators, I mean, you know, I had cameras with all 19 of them. They weren't allowed in the facilities, just like Border Patrol no longer is allowed to even give out an, an interview or do a ride along. And, you know, everybody is getting in and Joe Biden got caught lying about that. Joe Biden's been lying about a lot of things lately, apparently. You know, it's and the Biden administration, for example, Peter Ducey pointed out Washington Post found that Biden's claim about Georgia's voting law was factually inaccurate and asked if he change how he talks about it and circle back Jen Psaki denies Biden's been lying. Well, he did outright lie about it. You know, we've, we have our research here and our research is, Oh, lo and behold, this new Georgia law, which everybody's been talking about is far less restrictive than that of Delaware. Like for example, Delaware offers no in-person early voting. Georgia's new law offers 17 days of in-person early voting. In Delaware, you must meet specific requirements or have, quote, the valid excuse if you want to vote absentee. In Georgia, anyone can vote absentee. In Delaware, no drop boxes available for absentee ballots. In Georgia, I think this was a mistake myself, but drop boxes for absentee ballots are available at county election offices. In Delaware, no drop boxes for absentee ballots required by state law. They were used in 2020, but only for the COVID exception. In Georgia, drop boxes for absentee ballots are available in county election offices. One box per county required now by law. 200 companies now jump on this bag when they're speaking out against election reform. Now, it's the same with Chuck Schumer. New York has far more restrictive voting laws than the, than the state of Georgia. By the way, Major League Baseball, all these, and Joe Biden, you know, comparing all of this, I, I mean, it's pretty spectacular, Jim Crow laws that he keeps throwing out there. I can't believe Major League Baseball signs a deal 
with the repressive regime of the communist Chinese only days before announcing a Georgia boycott. And Georgia's laws on voting are far less restrictive than Joe's state of Delaware or the leftist socialist utopia known as New York. I mean, you can't even make this up. Days before Major League Baseball took away the All-Star game from Georgia, you know, first of all, we have Chinese Muslims. They're being exterminated right before the world's eyes, eliminated by force and any semblance, by the way, of democracy in Hong Kong. We see what's happening there. I, I, I predict Taiwan is probably next. Major League Baseball, they just went ahead and extended and expanded their contract with a Chinese telecommunications giant. How much money are they getting for this? This is just before they boycotted the state of Georgia because they don't like this new law because Joe Biden lied about it and the world bought it and they peddled the lie. Even Chris Christie, no friend of Donald Trump, has said Biden is lying to cause racial division. He's a liar and he's a hypocrite. That's all true. Charles Barkley said politicians are exploiting race to keep their grasp on money and power. Nobody in Georgia is trying to prevent anybody from voting. Now, they do have, you do need voter ID to vote in Georgia. Moving forward, we're no longer going to have two standards, one for in-person voting, one for mail-in balloting. You will have to show a legitimate ID to get your ballot. Okay, now if you want to go visit Joe Biden in the White House, if you can get an invitation, you need to have a valid picture ID to get into the White House. You need a valid picture ID to get into the Capitol. You need a valid picture ID if you want to go to a Democratic National Convention. So why wouldn't you need the same thing to get to, to get your to get a ballot to vote so that we can all have faith and integrity in the outcome of the election? Unbelievable. Remember, this, this is the guy, by the way, that partnered with Robert, the former Klansman Bird, to stop the integration of schools. They didn't want our schools to become racial jungles. Same guy that said, "Put them all, put y'all back in chains." The same guy. You can't work at an at a Seven Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts without a slight Indian accent. Barack Obama. I mean, it's the first time, man. It's like, man, is this is storybook, man? Someone who's clean and bright and articulate. African-American? I'm like, huh? Where's this guy from? Anyway, Georgia's small businesses now are devastated because of what is clearly unfair treatment to the state of Georgia. Even, even Stacey Abrams knows, well, I don't support the boycott yet. What hypocrisy. You know, Major League ba- Baseball, the commissioner, pulled the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And... If you look at the Biden called it Jim Crow on steroids, that is a lie. Now, where's the media mob that loved to count the number of lies told by Donald Trump? Just if they disagreed with Donald Trump. Got four Pinocchios, I guess, from the the great Washington Post on all of this. You know, Major Rand Paul said if the league does business with the Chinese communists, but they're boycotting Georgia. What part of the law does MLB not like here? Now, it's going to this is getting bigger by the day. Former President Trump saying he supports a boycott. Critics slamming the decision. Pure insanity. Now, apparently, we have other sponsors of other events of other big corporations. First, it was Delta and Coke. Why the hell did Delta and Coke get involved in this? Did they even is anybody ever a Coke or Delta 
read what the law said or compare and contrast the law in Georgia with the law in Delaware or the laws in New York. You got now 200 companies, PayPal, Dow, Estee Lauder, HP, Microsoft, Uber, Under Armour, signed a joint statement condemning the election reform efforts in Georgia. Why don't you condemn them in Delaware and New York first? Where they're far more restrictive. You have sports writers, LeBron James, also great basketball player, celebrating pulling out the All-Star game. I'm telling you what's going to happen with with Major League Sports. I don't support boycotts. I don't join them. I don't call for them. But I have, I have less interest every day in professional sports. Because why are you, in, why are you bringing politics into uh, athletic events? And if that's the case, well, now we've got to ask the question about the Chinese Olympics. How do you justify that? What year is the Chinese Olympics coming? Do we know? Linda? Maybe somebody I in there. It's 2024. Let me check. Is it 2024? Okay. Well, why are we having the Olympics? Here? Why are we sending American athletes to China in light of their atrocious murdering regime and atrocious human rights record? Are these same companies? Are they, they going to advertise for the Olympics? I'm asking if they're going to apply the same standards. And as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN. All right, the Winter Olympics in 2022 is in Beijing. So now the question has to go to Delta and Coca-Cola and every other, all of the other 200 businesses now that have spoken out against the law. We, this is where corporate America is so stupid because they don't even know. It's far more restrictive in Delaware than Georgia's new law. You know, there was one sports host, I forget who it was, actually made a good point. If you've ever gone to a will call window to pick up tickets to an athletic event, you need to present a photo ID to get your tickets. Oh, well, why wouldn't you want one for voting? Now, we think we know why Democrats are fighting so hard for this, why they're fighting so hard for HR1, SR1. It's not that hard to figure out. But now the question is, so are they going to apply the same standards to the communist Chinese? Or are these companies now going to sponsor the 2020 Winter Olympics in Beijing, knowing the human rights abuses that is modern day communist, the modern day communist Chinese government? I tend to think they're not going to. Don't expect consistency here. But if you want to visit Joe's White House, if you want to visit your your local representative, if you want to visit, you know, and pretty much visit anywhere, you need a photo ID. Everything that you'd want for a photo ID. There was a list of 24 specific things. You want, to, want alcohol? You got a photo ID. Want to buy cigarettes? Want to buy even a jewel? Yeah. Oh, you want to open a bank account? You, you know, want to apply for food stamps? You want uh, want to apply for welfare? You all need a photo ID. For it. Want to apply for Medicare, Social Security? Want to apply for unemployment, for a job? Want to apply for to buy a house or get a mortgage? All right, twenty-five till the top of the hour. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number. Let's play the uh, Peter Ducey at the White House, Fox correspondent, challenging Circleback Jen Psaki uh, on Biden's lying. Listen. Uh, just to follow up on the baseball all-star game, I know that you made the point that he did not dictate the league move the all-star game out of Georgia, but 
He likes to say the words of a president matter. He said he would strongly support if players in the league wanted to do that. And they did it. So does he think that the PGA should move the Masters tournament that begins this week out of Georgia? I'm not here to call for anyone on behalf of the president or the vice president or anyone to take steps in reaction to the law in Georgia. The president was asked a direct question, and the context of the question was also around uh, the league meeting to discuss this exact issue. And he answered the question. So then should we believe that if PGA Tour players who are arriving in Augusta this week or today to register for the tournament, if they got together and decided or talked about not participating, that is something he would strongly support? Or is there a difference I'm sure, between I'm sure you will ask me that question or him this question, but our focus is on doing what we can to advocate for making voter voting easier and more accessible around the country. And that's where our efforts are going to be from the White House. Um, before the president said that he would strongly support moving the All-Star Game out of Georgia, did he consider the economic impact? Because the Cobb County Tourism CEO is saying they're going to lose $100 million in lost uh, business activity, 8,000 hotel rooms. Did he think about that before he said he would strongly support the move? Again, he was doing an interview. Uh, he was given the context, as I just read out to you in full detail of how the question was asked. He answered the question. She has no answer. Now, is it, are we going to apply and will advertisers that that pressure Georgia? $100 million. By the way, Cobb County voted for Biden, according to the results in Georgia. Um, far more restrictive voting laws in states like Delaware. You know, how did Joe Biden ever get the pass on partnering with the former Klansman? When he was doing his basement bunker presidential run in the candidate protection program of the media mob and big tech, how did he, you know, not get asked the question about, well, you know, Kamala Harris was one that confronted him. Say, I, I, I was that little girl when he, his laws to stop the integration of public schools. Calling it didn't want schools becoming racial jungles, as he said at the time. If you want to buy alcohol, you need an ID. Want to visit the White House? Need an ID. Want to go to the Capitol? Visit your congressman or woman? Need an ID. You want to go to the DNC convention? You need an ID. Picture ID. Want to buy alcohol? Yep, you need it. Cigarettes even. Even jewel. If you want a jewel pod, you got to have a photo ID. Want to open a bank account? Same thing. Apply for food stamps, welfare, Medicaid, Social Security. Same thing. Unemployment. Want to rent, buy a house? Yeah, you're going to need photo ID. Apply for a mortgage. Want to buy a car, rent a car, lease a car? Yeah. Get on an airplane, get married, purchase a gun, adopt a pet. You got to adopt. Sometimes they make you, you're adopting a pet. Rent a hotel room. Want a hunting license, fishing license, buy a cell phone, visit a casino, pick up your prescription. Hold a rally or protest. Great list by the Washington Examiner. Buy a mature rated video game. Purchase nail polish at CVS. If you want to get Allegra D for crying out loud, which I needed recently, you got to have a photo ID. My local right editor. Same apparently with nail polish. I don't know, I don't know why nail polish you need, but that's what they have on their list. Purchase certain cold medicines. I just experienced that. 
Need a photo ID. Pretty amazing. Greg Abbott, he's not he's declined to throw out the first pitch at the Rangers game. I you know, all, all these athletes that are that are buying into bringing politics into the sports arena. I I I the, people don't want politics in sports. Period. We champion the the greatest athletes of all time. But you're alienating people by making it so political. Most people, you know, they want to get away from politics for a few minutes and and arguing and you know, you have the home team, everybody supports their home team. But apparently I guess they don't know all of that or seem to care. Here's what Senator Tim Scott had to say. When you think about what actually occurred in Georgia, you have more early voting, you have more days to vote, you have more hours to vote, you have more flexibility in voting. And on mail-in ballots, instead of a signature verification, they want one or two things. They want a, your driver's license number. And if you don't have a driver's license, they want the last four of your social security. How, how can you have a legitimate conversation about something so sacred? As voting. How can you distort the facts so terribly that you're willing, you're willing to, to, bring, to bring back the concept of a poll tax or the concept of Jim Crow? You only do that when you have nothing to stand on. You bring up a provocative and ugly racial past that does not exist. That racial past does not exist in today's America. Thank God that it doesn't. But don't you don't weaponize race in a powerful and destructive way when so many people fought and died so that we, I could be your senator. So I could stand here and have a conversation with you. I mean, it just lays it all out for you in all of its detail. Um, anyway, it's um, it's going to be interesting to watch this unfold. What are they going to do about the, the the Winter Olympics in China? You know, listen, I, I, I know anybody that's that's at any level of being a, a high performance athlete, college athlete, whatever, the amount of work that goes into it is dramatic. It is uh, it's just going to be interesting. Now, Biden is underwater. Latest poll out by Rasmussen, 47 percent likely voters um, apparently approve of Biden's performance 51 percent disapprove i think that's only the beginning as more of these images and all these positions get taken biden is saying his massive tax hikes will hurt will not hurt you not worried that it'll hurt u.s businesses not at all not at all i i don't know how to explain this any other way corporations do not pay taxes you, you will absorb the cost the higher cost of these new taxes on corporations they will just charge more for their businesses or their services. As much as they possibly can push on to we, the people, they will. Just like now the net impact of going back to policies of energy dependence is resulting as a tax, in, a, in essence, on all of us when we pay more to fill our tank or heat our home or cool our home this summer. Washington Post, key parts of the Biden agenda are in trouble. 
this weekend. They pointed out even if the legislative filibuster got abolished tomorrow, Democrats would struggle to pass some of the highest profile items. Others would remain non-starters. That's because if the anti-filibuster advocates succeed in abolishing that hurdle, which, by the way, doesn't have to happen if all 50 Republicans would stand united, uh, but they'd still need all 50 members of the Senate majority, 50 of all 50 Democrats to support the legislation and then have the president, the vice president, break the tie in their favor. Joe Manchin, quite a few others have deep reservations about varying parts of this bill. He's not going to support a voting rights bill that the House and Senate Democrats have otherwise declared as their highest priority. Expressed opposition to the House passed legislation. I assume that means H.R. and S.R. 1. Dick Durbin recently declared Biden's comprehensive overhaul of immigration laws lacks sufficient Democratic support. The effort to create the $15 minimum wage fell on its face as only 42 Democrats voted for the proposal during the amendment vote last month. Same number of co-sponsors. Look, a lot of these Democrats are from purple or even red-leaning states. that They're not going to give up their career. Expanding the Supreme Court, et cetera. All of this... This is the agenda. They're trying for it all. But there's I I do believe that there are some Democrats that are seeing what's going to happen. It will be an an electoral tsunami. The DNC now they've started their propaganda blitz to sell the trillions in new spending. And sounds great on paper. We'll we'll tax the rich. We'll tax corporations. Meanwhile, it's going to be every American. You're going to pay for all of it. In the end, Biden's economic advisor saying she supports the corporate tax increases because it's just the right thing to do. By the way, New York, guess what? They will pay the highest tax rates in the country. New York state is now putting in place and implementing a $4.3 billion tax hike on top of the Biden tax hike. When you combine city taxes and state taxes, you're going to be paying 14.8% on top of the 40% of the federal government that it will, that Biden has now pushed for. That's 55%, or put it another way, 55 cents out of every dollar you make. That's, that's even higher than California. So we'll see how that works out for them in the end. It's all very expensive. Israel very troubled by the new stance the Biden administration has taken towards Iran. Remember, they're pressuring South Korea to hand over $7 billion to the mullahs in Iran. How stupid is that? Unbelievable. This is, this is what we told you was at stake at this time. Um, you know, if you look at all of the costs of this, sounds great. Everything's going to be free. Nothing is free. There's a lot of Hunter Biden. I guess Hunter's new book is out. I have been briefed. Remember, I'm a member of the press. I'm a talk show host. We do news, breaking news. We do investigative reporting. The mob won't do. We do opinion. But we're honest about it. I'm a conservative. I don't hide it. We do debates. We'll have one at the top of the hour with Austin Goolsby. They're always fun. But. If you look at but look at what the media did for Biden with the laptop story. New York Post was the only only ones that printed it. You literally had big media 
aligning in Biden's favor, the biggest campaign contribution ever, not doing any scrutiny of who Joe Biden was, what he believed in. We kept telling you where he would go. I think he's too weak and frail and struggling too much cognitively to really know a whole hell of a lot what's going on. He's just doing what he's, well, basically every leftist in the party is telling him to do. But I've been told by my sources, not just one, that what's on Hunter's laptop is so explosive, implicating both Joe, as Mr. Bobolinsky has pointed out, but other things on there about zero experience Hunter that would put any one of you listening to my voice right now behind bars for the rest of your life. That's what they're telling me is on this. That's what I've been briefed is on this. And, you know, Hunter Biden go out all he wants and say, oh, no, it was just it wasn't a mistake at all to take money when I have no experience in energy, oil, gas, no experience with Ukraine. They could have gotten into more details. It was an interview on CBS Sunday morning promoting his memoir. There's other details. I don't, I don't think it's a mistake I made taking a spot on that board. I think it's, I made a mistake in terms of understanding the way it would be used against me. That's not true. Admits that it's likely or possible that, yeah, that probably could be my laptop, but we already know his lawyers asked for the laptop. He swears, acknowledges the probe is going on. It's a criminal probe. But I will be, I'm completely innocent, 100% certain at the end of the investigation, I will be cleared. You know, he talked about dating his brother's widow, the death of his older brother, war veteran, Delaware Attorney General, brain cancer. 46 years old, it is a tragedy. Married at the time, Hunter was, began the relationship with Bo's widow and then tried to get, convince his father to put his seal of approval on it. Recalled how his dad had tried to personally intervene in his drug use, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not buying any of this. And I'll tell you right, I just think the, the Biden family syndicate, why won't we... Now that we know that enough people have the laptop, why are they protecting the Bidens, both of them, from releasing the information? And where is the media mob and big tech demanding that they release it? Hunter Biden explains the reluctant, you know, Joe was reluctant to publicly support his relationship with his brother's widow while he was still married. Probably says he probably smoked Parmesan cheese as he was digging around for little bits of crack that might have dropped into his carpet. Just a mess, all ignored by a corrupt media mob. Denies that the Secret Service improperly investigated his missing gun. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's true. Would he even remember? How did it end up in the dumpster across the street from a school? At hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So we got this infrastructure unmitigated reckless spending disaster. First, the $2 trillion of COVID emergency relief, of which only 9% is for emergency COVID relief. A lot of the money is spent in 20, beyond 2021, 22, 23, 24, even as far out into 28 that have absolutely nothing, zero to do with emergency COVID relief of anybody. Now we've got the infrastructure madness as they now want to spend trillions and raise taxes on everybody. Now they're saying they're not going to raise taxes on, on those Americans. First, it was 
If you make uh, uh, under $400,000 a year, you're not going to see a tax increase. Well, that's actually for a couple. It's 200000 for an individual. But we're going to go after those evil corporations. We're going to raise money on them. Well, what do corporations do? Are they going to pass that tax on to you, the consumer? I'd argue yes. Now, of course, energy prices are beginning to soar. It shouldn't shock anybody. As, of course, we now move away from the energy independence we have achieved for the first time in 75 years. All in the name of Green New Deal madness, socialism, redistributionism, statism. Anyway, uh, this is the top Biden economic advisor saying it's important that we upgrade because of the nearly, what, $3 trillion in spending, $4 trillion in new tax hikes, that we upgrade what our definition of infrastructure is. Oh, in other words, words used to have meaning, but we're going to change the meaning of the words. Listen. This $2 trillion ask, only about 5% of the funding goes to infrastructure. But of the $620 billion for infrastructure upgrades, it includes incentivizing purchases of electric cars. Can you honestly call this a focus on building roads and bridges? I think it's important that we upgrade our definition of infrastructure, one that meets the needs of a 21st century economy. And that means we need to be funding and incentivizing those structures that allow us to maximize our economic activity. So incentivizing electric vehicles is really important because we need to be addressing climate change. If we think about the opportunity cost of not doing so, we're just going to keep paying for it. And we know that we need to be encouraging our industries to be be tilting towards, you know, greener production, greener technologies. Chamber of Commerce called this proposal dangerously misguided. They say the tax increases will make the U.S. less competitive. National Association of Manufacturers says it will fundamentally undermine our ability to lead this recovery. These are the employers that you need to create these jobs. The president believes that, you know, everybody should be paying their fair share in taxes. In those that Moody's analysis that you cited, it, looking over a 10-year plan, the analysis analysis incorporates both the investment parts of uh, the president's proposal, but also the corporate tax um, components as well. And on net, we see that there is an improvement in our economic growth. We see that there's an improvement in labor force participation. We see there's an increase in the number of jobs and a decrease in the unemployment rate. So net net, we think that the, the president's proposals is go are good for the American economy, even including the corporate tax cuts. Oh, my gosh. So even including the corporate tax increases. <laughs> and what does that mean? Everything's free. We've gone through the list many times. Then you have the genius Jennifer Granholm, who was the governor of Michigan. Now, look at this. From the state of Michigan, the income of Michigan residents plummeted to a degree experienced only in a handful of states since the Great Depression. Per capita uh, personal income under her watch. Uh, and the state fell from 18th highest in the U.S. to 38th place in just a nine-year period. Relative decline, the fourth largest of any state during that period. Uh, going back, by the way, since 1929, a pretty important year, if I recall economically. Michigan residents, uh, their earnings didn't just drop. When factoring in inflation and measuring in the constant 2013 uh, dollars per capita income was less than 2009, than it was in 2000, a decline of 8.6%. Nationally, by the way, per capita income grew uh, about 4%. It was a disaster. Anyway, 
He used to be on the Council of Economic Advisors for the Obama administration. He's actually a friend of the program. He's a crazy liberal socialist Democrat, but I kind of like him. Um, you're not going to defend this this reckless spending and redefining words of what infrastructure means so we can offer, let's see, free pre-K, free government, guaranteed job, guaranteed health care, guaranteed healthy food, guaranteed retirement, right? You're not supporting all that madness, are you? Now, first of all, how, I used to be friend of you. Now I'm just a friend of the program. I hear you trying to get off from. Well, if I admit the truth here, of this, that I really do like you personally, uh, then it's going to ruin my reputation and career. And it says, you are a great American. <laughs> That's true. From you. So I was drinking that day. You can't that. hold me accountable. I'm not you, responsible for my actions. I'm like Hunter Biden. Look, that's not you. What you have is not the correct definition of the word infrastructure. That's not, <laughs> infrastructure doesn't just mean roads and bridges. Airports is infrastructure. Power plants is infrastructure. The grid, they're going to build batteries. All that is infrastructure. Okay, excuse me. What about the Green New Deal, which is where a big portion of this money? Now, analysis, pretty smart people and think tanks all across the country, they say at the maximum it's 25% infrastructure, but a lot of it is this Green New Deal. Now, my question to you is, do you really think the monies that they are now going to be spending for everything being free and redistribution and $2 trillion here and $3 trillion here and $10 trillion for New Green Deal-ism, do you not see the danger to our country going bankrupt? Well, this is not the New Green Deal or Green New Deal or whatever. We read, read through the infrastructure ones. bill. A lot of money is going to be spent on, quote, they call it green infrastructure with their new definition. Well, there is there are things in this that are about energy infrastructure. As you know, Sean, my parents are out in West Texas in Abilene. And anybody who lives in Texas and has just gone through, my parents' entire city was without water for almost a week because they the energy system were not was not winterized so the the, the fact that they're going to spend money on things that have to do with energy and the grid i think is good not bad okay and, texas is a very unique situation because they stayed out of the national grid and true. you're right there was there was improper preparation but that'll be handled within texas because they don't want the federal government's help in hand and hand and regulation to go along with it in California, they've been having rolling blackouts forever. Um, but do you think it's a good idea to end the Keystone XL pipeline, the Dakota pipeline? Do you think it's it's a, a, a bad idea to not have exploration in the wilderness of, of Anwar? Well, I have not been a big fan of drilling for oil in the middle of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. Why not? Because that's what it was, by the way, that's what it was acquired for and, and earmarked as by Jimmy Carter. What was marked by Jimmy Carter? Anwar was 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 earmarked and designed for exploration. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I do know. I sent, by the way, I sent Arctic planes National there to take pictures. Refuge, and that the, a lot of the experts on land policy think that the risks associated with drilling for oil in a pristine environment like that exceed what the benefits would be. And that's, okay, that's okay but I, the problem is, yeah, there's nothing there. I've sent cameras there. We've flown over Anwar. There's nothing there. 
Nothing. Zero. Well, I mean, there's nothing in the Grand Canyon. It's a big hole in the ground. That doesn't mean we should dam it up for the hydropower. Okay, everybody said that when they were building pipelines, that it would destroy the the moose population, and it ended up uh, quadrupling (laughs) it because it turned out that they liked the heat that came from the pipeline. (laughs) The moose. Moose is a singular and a plural, right? Whatever your dictionary of infrastructure. Like I said, they're not mooses. They're just moose. Look, the thing is, A, I do think that investing in a bunch of the public goods that we did in the 1950s under Republicans and Democratic presidents in the old days, we built the highway system. We built out a, the, the electrical system to cover the U.S. We've built out national telecommunications infrastructure, and we have been coasting on that in recent decades. Okay, let me we ask you this. Invested, and we so should. they're talking about trillions and trillions and trillions. We don't even talk about billions anymore. You, and no, you see the national trillion. debt exploding. Some of this trillion. money was necessary for COVID. I get it. And, and helping our fellow Americans. But here's the problem. We're now, we're now going to raise taxes on everybody to pay for all of these little socialistic fantasies of everyone. Now, true or false, Austin Goolsby, do corporations, those evil corporations that seek to make a profit because they provide goods and services that apparently we want, need, and desire, do you think they're going to absorb the corporate tax hike or B, Will they pass those taxes on to the consumer? I vote B. Well, if you vote B, how do you explain why they did not pass the massive $2 trillion corporate tax cut? You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not helping me out why here. Why did they not cut so prices? W- will corporations just absorb the financial losses of paying these massively higher taxes, or will they pass it on to the consumers? They're not massively higher. I think the evidence from 2000... It's trillions of dollars in new taxes. What are you talking about? It's not massively higher. In 2017, they cut taxes for corporations. They did not pass it on in the form of lower prices. They kept it in the form of higher profits. I'm not... So I I think based on that evidence... It most, most of it, it doesn't work in reverse. Of course, profit. they want to maximize their profits. That's what business is in the business of doing. Now, let me ask you this. Now that Joe is making us once again reliant on foreign sources of the lifeblood of the world's economy, energy, my question yeah. is, all right, we're already paying more at the pump, paying more to pay for to heat our homes and cool our homes. Yeah, is that a tax? Can you argue that. that's a tax on the American people based on his green new energy insanity? No, no, of course not. No, of course not. When Donald Trump, when the economy was going well, the price of gasoline was rising and was higher than it is now. It was only because mismanagement of the virus led to an economic collapse. That's the reason that the price of gas. I mean, mismanagement like states like New York. Covering and the price of gas is going back up to what it was when the economy was doing well. What, why do you think now New York has proposed a budget deal that will raise income and corporate taxes by four point three billion dollars? You see a massive exodus out of New York. Even even big financial firms are leaving, and they're leaving and moving to places like Florida and Texas. My question is: When you see this mass exodus in these high tax states? Don't you think that it is, there's a direct correlation between burdensome regulation and higher taxes and companies deciding to leave? Hey, it's, it's 
Sometimes there is. For sure, you can overtax and you can drive business away. That's true. Uh, I don't think the evidence is nearly as strong as what you're describing. And if you look at California now, they're actually rebounding faster than a bunch of the red states that that you're describing. No, I've, I've, I've seen no evidence of that whatsoever. It's COVID. It's not taxes. It's COVID. Okay. COVID now, thanks to Donald Trump, you can thank him on air if you like for Operation Warp but, Speed, just like I Andrew do, Cuomo could thank him for the hospitals again. that he built that he never used as he was dumping sick patients into nursing homes. We'll again thank him for Warp Speed. I thought that was a good program. And I will continue to rue the five major horrible mistakes that he made that made the virus that much worse Excuse me. and wrecked the economy. Who, who, was the one that, who was the one that built the hospitals in New York when they needed them, manned them, converted them to COVID capability? Who was the guy that provided all the PPE, all the ventilators, and who was the guy that, well, even though he built, and who was the guy that left 80% of those yeah. beds empty and re- sent people back to nursing homes with COVID? Yeah, I think I remember that guy you're talking about. That was the same guy who made fun of people for wearing masks, who said we could inject bleach into our lungs to get Excuse rid of the Excuse me, it was Dr. Fauci who said masks were no good about one year ago. And said that it was a miracle. Wait a minute. It was, oh, slow down. The great Dr. Fauci was the one who said it. Would you like me to play it for you? The hydrochloroquine. I don't know how you pronounce it. Hydroxychloroquine. Who said that? There's, there's eight now studies, if you read, the two studies that said it didn't help or, uh, have now been rescinded from medical journals. You no, need to keep up with this John, show. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, that's a fact. Himself got the disease. He wanted right, and he to and, and he took. Treatment. He wanted everybody else to get that treatment, but not himself. Uh, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question about his treatment beyond the Regeneron, which, by the way, he helped develop. Also, no, they asked him, "Did he get it? Why wasn't he getting it?" And he he did, he, he did get it. Not. That's the point. And many I lives have been saved as a result. That is that uh, he did not get that. He had Regeneron. Yes. Okay, you don't, well, again, maybe you're one of these people that thinks we need, like, a vaccine passport, but I am not one of those people. I actually believe in medical privacy and personal choice. I I would think you're pro-choice, right? Uh, Look, I have no, I'm not going to argue about vaccine passports. You've thought about that more than me. You you might be right. Apparently, I think a lot about a lot of things more than you. So we can bring this thing to an end so the economies can come back. That's how we get the economy to come back. All right, quick break. More with uh, Austin Goolsby on the other side as we continue. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Hi, right, 25 till the top of the hour. Final moments with our friend uh, Austin Goolsby as we uh, continue our debate. We'll get to your calls in a second here. Can I just can I just uh, urge you to read the, the Henry Ho- uh, Ford study? The retraction came from the journal known as Lancet. You ever hear of Lancet? Well, yeah, they, they actually retracted journal. the story yeah. about hydroxychloroquine and uh, realized, oh, we didn't have a good study. Now, how often is it that, that they retract studies from prestigious medical journals? Now, there are eight studies I will pass on to you, if you care to read them, that showed that taken early, it's 84% effective in mitigating covid you know, if you get COVID, I I'm not know. telling people I what to do. I'm just that. telling you what the medical I, journals say. I have say. an open mind, and, and you have 
convinced me of things in the past, so I will definitely look at that. My read of the evidence so far is that hydroxychloroquine was very problematic, and now you've got. I'm going to do. I'm going to put. I'm going to put. Being investigated for having pushed contracts for the. I am going to put Austin Goolsby's corner. And I'm going to put the stories about the retracted studies on hydroxychloroquine. And then I'm going to put the studies, the, the longer term studies with placebos, clinical trials that show that it was successful in the end to some degree. It's certainly not Regeneron or as good as that. Certainly not as good as the vaccine, according to studies. But anyway, we'll put it up there. Hannity.com. Right, sir. OK. All right. Austin Goolsby, I still like you. Yeah, anytime. We 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 always have a good time, Sean. Always but have a good time. You owe me money. Now that I mentioned it, you lost the bet. Where's my dinner? Uh, Linda, do I owe him money? Yes, Linda. Yes, he owes me money. If you say so, I know you're not going to lie on purpose. So I'll I'll, I'll, I'll make good. Program. I made good the last time I lost the bet. <laughs> program. By the way, not only did I make good. I mean, I think the wine I bought you was you know. The most expensive you've ever had more. in your life. That was worth more than the bet. That's the <laughs> All right, 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right, to our busy phones we go as we say hi. Is it Susanna is in Washington State. Susanna, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Oh, thank you. I'm doing well. I hope you are doing well, too. I'm Thanks doing well. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, I want to make a point, perhaps just express my frustration. I'm sure it's the same frustration that... Many Americans are having today. President Trump was legally challenged step after step after step. For he, he fought lawsuits pretty much the entire time he was in office. He was constantly investigated for things that were just outrageous. And then he was impeached a couple of times by Congress for, for things that weren't true either. Where are those lawsuits now? Biden's executive orders are outrageous. Well, it's interesting yeah. you say that because we have the attorney general, uh, Bernovich of Arizona, is going to join us at the top of the next hour. He, along with other attorneys general, uh, have been filing a series of lawsuits. There's been a couple out of Texas that have been very effective. And there are these suits ongoing. Maybe when we've been trying to highlight them as much as we can. But, yes, that should be the strategy. And I totally agree with you. Well, thank you. Um, we're just. You know, we're just so frustrated out here. The Republican, it seems like the Republican parties are, is doing a good job, like Ted Cruz and, and everybody is doing a great job of pointing out all the untruths that are being told. The lies, I should say lies, because that's really what it is. But the Republican Party doesn't seem to be doing anything to, to stop it. And I'm happy to hear that we're going to hear from the Attorney General to talk about some of the other things going on. Investigations need to go ongoing. We are hearing nothing. It seems like the Biden family is free to go. Hillary Clinton was free well, to go. I'll tell you right now, let me, if the laptop is released and I've been briefed on its contents from sources that I will never reveal, I'd go to jail before I reveal them, considering I am a member of the press. But if that ever comes out, um, I would argue Hunter would spend uh, most of the rest of his life in jail if everything I've been told, my sources confirmed to me are true, and Joe would be impeached and probably convicted. But again, there's a double standard. Where's, you know, where's Durham? Let's put it that way. Where, where's the Durham report? 
And do we have a double standard in our criminal justice system? Yep, we have a dual standard. We have one for liberal Democrats, one for the Clintons, one for the Bidens, one for everybody else. And then we, you know, we'll get thrown in jail for jaywalking. I know it. And we need to somehow get this corrected. And I'm not sure how to do it either, but I'm certainly willing to do my part and my share. So thank you, Sean, for taking my call. Well, I hope you like um, the attorney general of Arizona at the top of the hour, because he, like others, has been out there fighting in, and on important issues like the, the the border and everything that's going on down there. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Thank you. We'll stay on it. I promise that's our job. Um, you know, Fauci says it's not his job to investigate Biden's super spreader COVID border policy. Having me down at the border, that's really not what I do. I'm so busy. I can't bother getting distracted. I'm like, really? You know, I'm I'm looking at what's actually happening. And, um, you know, this is now getting so bad. And they're predicting a fourth wave of COVID. That's how bad it is. And the Biden administration warning of a fourth COVID wave after settling thousands of COVID positive illegal immigrants that he helped facilitate illegally coming into this country and oh how much is that helping and where's the great dr fauci now problem with dr fauci we long suspected it now confirmed he's he's just he's been wrong and he's been political the whole time nebraska dave next sean hannity show what's up dave hey sean thanks for taking my call um, I was uh, uh, calling about the uh, Major League moving the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Um, I guess my question is, uh, are, are we becoming a nation of do as we say, don't oppose us, or you'll be punished? Um, because it, It's amazing, it's actually. I will tell you, when you compare the new Georgia voting law with, let's say, Joe Biden's beloved Delaware or Chucky Schumer's beloved New York. Um, It has it is much fairer than either of those states on every level. Uh, And to listen, to watch the Major League Baseball, they signed this deal with the repressive regime in China only days before announcing their Georgia boycott. I stand with Georgia and the, the state of Georgia, what, what they did, I've gone through the summary of this earlier in the program. I won't do it again now. But they expanded their contract with a Chinese telecommunications giant just before boycotting the state of Georgia. You know, for example, if, if you want the provisions, you know, Delaware, for example, has no in-person early voting. Georgia has 17 days of it. Delaware, you must meet specific requirements to vote absentee. In Georgia, anyone can vote absentee. In Delaware, there are no drop boxes for absentee ballots. Georgia, I think it was wrong, but they kept drop boxes available at county election offices. Delaware has no drop boxes for absentee ballots uh, required by state law. They were used in 2020, but only a COVID exception. And Georgia now, on all of these things, they allow more opportunities for people to vote. What what the Democrats don't like about this is it is mandating two things. One, voter ID. Two, signature verification. They don't want that because that prevents them from cheating, makes it a lot more difficult. Um, And 
But if you want to go see Joe Biden, have you ever been in the White House, Dave? No, no, I haven't. Okay, I can promise you when you go to the White House, you're going to need to show a picture ID. Have you ever been to the Capitol? Uh, no, I've, I've been through Washington, D.C., but I've, I've Don't worry, it's a sewer. Either. I don't blame you. Stay away. It's, it's, it's better <laughs> for your mental health. Um, if well, you want to get into I, the Capitol, have... you need a photo ID. You ever go to a DNC convention? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, you'd need a photo ID. Get my well, point? Well, my thing is, too, I, I want to just make one other point, too, back to what I was saying. Um, and I'll make this very brief. Uh, two weeks ago this morning, we were victims of an attempted break-in and um, at 2.15 in the morning. And I'm, I'm like you. I'm a big gun guy. Um, when I first heard the sound, uh, it sounded like a gunshot in our house. So I immediately got up, grabbed my nine millimeter, grabbed my phone, and we realized that they were using the grate of our grill to try to smash in our our door to our dining room. And so when it comes to the point that they start talking about the Second Amendment, and God knows what's going to happen with that, if if I refuse, if say if they say we're we're coming to get your guns, and I say I refuse, am I going to get the same treatment that Georgia's getting because they oppose the government? That's where the woke, cancel, corrupt, anti First Second Amendment left is would take us in a heartbeat. By the way, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I saw Glenn Greenwald apparently went through that about a month ago. I know people this has happened to. And it is a chilling, frightening experience. My question to liberals that don't believe in the Second Amendment like I do, well, like you, I mean, I'm protected. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best uh, under difficult circumstances, but I will protect my family to the best of my ability like you were, um, like you were doing that night. And, yeah. uh, but I will tell you that if they have their way, yeah, that you wouldn't have that right. Well, we can only hope for a better, uh, hope that doesn't happen. What do liberals do when they break, what what are you going to do? I ask liberals this all the time when I debate them on this topic. All right, God forbid somebody breaks into your house and wants to bring harm to you and your family. What do you do? And you you can answer call 911 because whatever's going to happen will happen before the police get there. Absolutely. And that's my concern. And and, you know, I was responsible with my, you know, I didn't go out and try to, you know, how did, shoot how did it work out? What'd you do? Um, you know, we called the police and, uh, he kept banging, but couldn't break the door. And, uh, so thankfully he, he was in Nebraska. You have to cross the threshold of your house before you can take any action. So I did what the law said and I, you know, I didn't try to chase him off outside with a gun. Um, no, you I, did the I right thing. Did. Listen, in New York, they actually have, I've got to try to retreat first. Forget right. about stand your ground or forget about they have to cross the threshold like you have in your state. I, I actually have to try and retreat. I don't know where they expect me to go. I don't know how far I have to go before I'm legally allowed to defend myself. I mean, I, I follow the laws of New York. I, I can't tell you that I've had to actually melt down weapons that I've owned that they decided are now illegal. Um, when they dropped, you know, when Governor Cuomo said nobody needs 10 bullets to kill a deer, 
um, and they only allowed seven bullets in a magazine, I, I reduced my magazine capacity to seven and followed the law. I don't want to go to jail. I obey the law. But I will tell you, um, it's a real threat for everybody. I know a lot of people don't, they don't have a clue what they're going to do. And the bottom line is they're sitting ducks. The bottom line is they will lose every time. These criminals are ruthless. They're often on heroin or fentanyl or painkillers, and they, they don't even, you can hit them as hard with everything you got, and they won't even feel it. Um, it's, uh, these are troubling times, Dave, troubling all right, back to our busy phones. Brian, New York, 90 seconds, Brian, and they're all yours. Go, sir. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I'm a fairly new listener who started listening at the beginning of the pandemic and uh, appreciate you giving me some normalcy uh, throughout every day. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about vaccine passports. Um, I, I certainly understand your opinion on those and kind of where you stand. Um, I'm, I'm looking at an industry like the travel industry um, or another one of these industries that's, that's going to be really challenging to, to get reopened. Uh, just curious to hear your thoughts on how, you know, uh, this sort of verification uh, with this vaccine differs from, from things like the polio vaccine or measles, meningitis type of things that we've all needed, you know, for missions, trips over the years or, or school uh, entry, et cetera. Number, a real quick answer. I'm a believer in medical privacy. This is a decision based uh, on your own knowledge, your consultation between you and your doctor. I, I believe in protecting privacy and doctor-patient relationship and decision-making. There, there are people that have legitimate reasons that they can't take this vaccine, according to health people I've spoken to. That's not the majority. It's a small minority. And uh, when you talk about for example, if you're still willing to wear the mask and socially distance, then, you know, then you ought to be able to maintain your privacy. Uh, I, I find it incredibly intrusive into our civil liberties. I uh, hope sure, that answers your enough. question. What's that? It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Brian. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free number. The AG of Arizona next. Uh, staying up with these lawsuits against the Biden administration. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, so earlier, we see the Biden administration warning of a COVID fourth wave after settling, what, thousands of, of now COVID-positive illegal immigrants that Joe invited and then ended the you know, stay in Mexico policy, stop border wall construction and brought back catch and release. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, if we're going to have a fourth wave, why would you allow people that have not been COVID tested into the country the way they're letting everybody in as the 19 senators that went down to the southern border reported for us? Because, of course, there was the media blackout. Our cameras were not allowed into the you know, kids with cage in cages facilities with massive overcrowding. Talk about a super spreader event. Dr. Fauci was challenged uh, by, I think it was Lindsey Graham, you know, to speak out about the conditions health wise at the border with people laying on top of each other without COVID tests and then pretty much being moved to every state in the union. And and we don't know if they're positive or negative. So he said, it's not my job having me down at the border. That's not what I do. I'm too busy. I can't be bothered with getting distracted. Well, this is the biggest super spreader event of all super spreader events. You'd think they might 
do something. Kamala Harris, since she has been appointed as the border crisis czar, has gone as, as yet to say a single word on the topic. You know, border officials pointing out nearly a thousand people a day are sneaking into the U.S. without even being identified on top of those that we are catching and putting into Biden's cages, especially the unaccompanied minors. We saw nearly 100 positive cases kids sent from the cages to San Diego where they were getting in-person learning. Meanwhile, San Diego taxpayers, kids, they have not had in-school learning, in-person learning for a full year now. I mean, you just you can't even make this up at this point. And where is Kamala Harris on this? She's the big she's the big czar. Where is Fauci, Mr. COVID himself? Don't wear a mask. He was telling us a year ago. <clears throat> anyway, um, it's getting worse by the minute. And, you know, Greg Abbott, he, they, they weren't even allowing his child protective services an opportunity to do their job. And that is to make sure these kids are being kept safely and allow them into the facilities at all. And the media has been media blackout took place. Then the gag order on Border Patrol agents. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. Here's what what Texas Governor Abbott said. The Biden administration's open border policies have created an open season for human traffickers, for drug smugglers, for cartels and gangs. Because the federal government is failing to act to respond to these dangers, Texas is stepping up to secure the border and to keep our communities safe. This problem is not going to be fixed until the Biden administration does its job to secure our border and to get this crisis under control. Yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Now, even last week, we see children being dropped 14 feet. Identified one child three years old, another child five years old. Peter Ducey of Fox News asked Jen Circleback Saki about it, and here's her pathetic answer. On immigration, has the White House considered beefing up border security now that there is video of a three-year-old and a five-year-old being thrown over the wall in New Mexico? Beefing up border security. I, well, there are, there's video now of a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I've, I've seen the video, and I think any of us who saw the video um, were incredibly alarmed by uh, the steps of smugglers. Yes, but they still got close enough, as you guys are talking about addressing root causes in the region, for a smuggler to throw them over a wall into the desert. And I'm just curious what... The White House is doing to stop that from happening. And are you concerned more about the kids' safety or are you concerned about kids getting in? Or tell me more about your concern here. Kids' safety is, as you just mentioned, the main concern. Well, of course it is, which is why I'm often surprised by some of the line of questioning here. Surprised by the line of questioning? That's basic common sense. Um, the attorney general, we've talked, we had a call in the last hour asking where are all the lawsuits being filed against the Biden administration, like they did during the Trump years, they are being filed by states like Texas. The attorney general of Arizona, who will join us in a minute, you know, recently sent a letter to Vice President Harris saying, well, you you have to see and smell and feel the circumstances of people to really understand them. He said, with that in mind, I'd like to formally invite you to join me for a tour of the southwest border in Arizona later this month. It will provide firsthand insight into what Arizonans and law enforcement officials and migrants are experiencing. And I will make myself available any day of your choosing. And he goes into the details about human trafficking and the cartels, the drug cartels and the trafficking cartels and the gangs. 
and how this is a real crisis at the border. Never mind, of course, the conditions. If you owned a daycare center and images that we're now seeing on the border daily of kids in in cages stacked on top of each other in the middle of a pandemic, I guarantee you'd be shut down immediately and probably handcuffed and brought to your local police station and booked on charges of child abuse. It's that bad. Uh, now, the attorney general is also he's, he's working now with, I believe, what, 22 states appealing to the Ninth Circuit to uphold the Second Amendment and declare California's law limiting magazine capacity is unconstitutional. The attorney general from Arizona, Bernovich, is with us back again. Sir, how are you? Uh, very good, Sean. Very good. Any Thank word you very much from uh, Kamala on. Harris? She's been silent so far. Uh, she is not, but as you said, um, you know, she's a former AG. Um, I was a former, you know, she was part of the Western Attorney General's, you know, association, which I was part of. So she has in the past talked about the importance of fighting human trafficking. She's talked in the past about the rule of law. And so I wanted to let her know that she should come down to the border. For those who say that we must have open borders, I say let them come to Arizona. For those who say that we must have a pause on deportations, I say let them see what fentanyl does to a teenager or how methamphetamine has devastated our communities. And even those that say that we are a compassionate people, that we are a great country, and therefore we must provide benefits, I say let them talk to Arizona taxpayers, let them talk to business owners that have been devastated this last year as a, as a result of COVID restrictions. We, we have need two U.S. senators the down there. Have they shown any willingness to fix this for the people of Arizona? Uh, the short answer is no, Sean, and that's what's so frustrating to me. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's it's not just the senators, but there's a lot of politicians in this state that talk about this stuff, and then they don't do jack crap. Excuse me, I don't know if I use crap, but you know what I'm talking about. They, they that's not the worst word about. used on this program. Go right ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but you know what I'm saying is that there's like, even even sometimes these Republican politicians, they, they talk about this stuff, and they go on these shows, and they say, oh, we got to do something, and they're not doing anything. That's why, as you alluded to before in my interview, we have actually filed lawsuits. I have filed multiple lawsuits against the Biden administration because what is going on is unconscionable. If this were going on in a third world country, people on the left would be saying, oh my gosh, we need to intervene and supply you know, military assets and humanitarian aid. And yet they won't do it when it's happening right here on our very own border. Well, I mean, the fact that they don't even respond to you now, apparently you said in a, a, a fairly recent interview, I saw the Washington Examiner picked up on it. Basically, you, you feel like you're being told to pound sand. They don't want to hear a boo about the crisis of their own making at the border. And that's part of the problem. Look, I've been a gang prosecutor. I've been a federal prosecutor. Uh, and, and it's important for law enforcement, for government entities, federal, state, and local, to coordinate, to communicate with each other. And we have an MOU. We have a memorandum of understanding with DHS to coordinate with us when they make these major policy changes. And they won't. They refuse to communicate with us. And actually, they've taken the position in court. We just filed another pleading on Friday night. They've taken the position in court that um, those MOUs we have are invalid and they don't have to share any information with us. And I think that's a huge problem on multiple levels. You've got the law enforcement needing to coordinate during a crisis. Then you also have this federal 
this notion that the federal government shouldn't be keeping the states in the dark. And so it's really problematic. And yeah, where are our senators? Where are other people that to understand that this is, a, uh, this is an issue that will affect not only Arizona, it is affecting the entire country because we are enriching and making the cartels more powerful. No one should make any mistake about that. This is a crisis, and it's going to actually be a catastrophe if we don't do something now, right now, to stop it. Now, you've been able to join with 22 states fighting California's gun restrictions. You're appealing now to the Ninth Circuit. What's the latest on, and this is about the capacity ban, magazine ban in California. What's the status of that? We actually have oral arguments. They they uh, set in June of this year, and there are several cases going on here. As you know, Hawaii recently, you know, um, the Ninth Circuit upheld Hawaii's right to limit, you know, the, the carrying of firearms. We we led a coalition challenging New York's laws that restricted the ability of law-abiding citizens to keep and bear arms. And now we have this case in front of the Ninth Circuit that dealt with magazine capacity. And what I would say, and what I would tell all the the liberals out there is imagine if there was a law that said newspapers could only buy a certain amount of ink or that they could only publish a certain amount of editorials because it was inflaming people. The left would be outraged by that. And yet when it comes to law-abiding gun owners, they think they can impose all sorts of restrictions on our Second Amendment rights and our ability to offend ourselves, and it's very problematic. And if you read our brief, Sean, it clearly lays forth the argument that not only do we believe we're solid on the Constitution, but if you look at the data of law-abiding citizens defending themselves, we know that an armed citizenry is a citizenry that's less vulnerable to attack and crime. Listen, I applaud everything that you're doing. Um, Let me ask you this. Are you thinking about, are you contemplating maybe running for Senate in 2022? (laughs) I will tell you what, Sean. If you keep having me on your show, there's so much going on. I I cannot believe how frustrated I am at Washington, D.C. And there's a sign that's like, you know what? I need to go, go there and start kicking ass and being like my good friend Josh Hawley and some other folks and shaking things up and getting stuff, trying to get stuff done to protect our Constitution. But I'll tell you what, if you keep having me on your show, we can talk about that and I can, you know, I need, I need you to show. take what I call the Ben Sass, the jackass pledge, which is he sounded great when he was running. And man, what a disappointment he turned into. Good grief. Hey, Sean, I'll, I'll tell you what, you judge a person not by what they say, but what they, what they do. And we. Oh, yeah, I learned Arizona. a lot about what he does after. Yeah. Hey, look at look at what even here in Arizona, there's elected officials and currently in office right now that are Republicans that talk conservative and that you know governed by leftists or governed by talking points. I've actually done stuff, whether it's defending the Second Amendment, whether it's taking on the Biden administration, or um, whether it's their tre- job killing Treasury rules, whether it's their illegal border executive orders. I have been there. I've taken the sling scenarios from the left. As you know, last month I argued that case, Brnovich v. DNC, about election integrity measures at the U.S. Supreme Court. So I don't just talk the talk. I am walking the walk, and I think that's important. Anytime there are a lot of sunshine conservatives out there, there are a lot of people that talk a good game and then they don't follow up on it, I would say... I have not been talking the game. I've been walking the game. I've been playing the game. Well, I pl- applaud your what you're doing. It's effective. It's working. And I, I hope you continue to stay in the fight because I think this is going to be a very, very key strategy to stopping a lot of this unconstitutional, these unconstitutional actions of the Biden administration and also 
making people aware of everything that's going on. But anyway, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much for being with us. The attorney general, great state, Arizona, Attorney General Brnovich. All right, we're going to take calls. Final half hour of the program here today. In the meantime, uh, we got 90 seconds. Let's give it to Al in the United Socialist screwed up utopia known as New York. What's up, Al? How are you? Well, you couldn't be more correct. Uh, I'm fine, Sean. It's an honor to speak with you. I wanted to address something. Uh, since watching the theft of the presidential election in November, I've listened to a ton of your callers call and say, look, you know, we got the uh, midterms coming up in 2022. Uh, what do you what do you recommend? What are we going to do? Well, the obvious, you know, the recommendations are get a hold of your representatives and constantly send letters and hound them and yada yada um i don't i don't really understand where that's going to get us once they ram down this hr1 uh the media including the three social giant media sites are censoring our ability um to communicate to organize and i think this is kind of a gradual three-step process once we can't talk uh, as as conservatives together, and they ran down HR one. Uh, the next step to me will inevitably be to disarm the public. Let me, um, let me tell you right now: if we if HR SR one gets passed, it's over. It's baked in cheating in perpetuity, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't know how we ever recover from that. Uh, they want to build in fundamental pathways for unfair and unfree elections. We'll continue. More of your calls on the other side. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here in just a second. This is pretty fascinating. 60 Minutes tried to do a hit on Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think this is rooted in, well, if Donald Trump doesn't win, it seems that the front runners, names that I would make, probably at the top of the list by far, is Ron DeSantis, who's done a great job as the governor of the great state of Florida. Other name, then you got Mike Pompeo. I thought Pompeo is probably one of the strongest secretaries of state in our lifetime. Amazing. Um, then you hear names like Christy Nome. I know Nikki Haley is considering it. Um, I'm not sure if she can capture the Trump base. I don't see it myself, but the, the, that's going to be up for the people of the country to decide in 2024. Anyway, so you have a Democratic mayor. 60 Minutes does this piece last night insinuating that, oh, oh, Governor DeSantis was steering his money, his COVID uh, vaccinations to country clubs and public grocery stores, blah, blah, blah. And they donated this money to uh, a pack uh, of, of Governor DeSantis. Well, there's a statement that was just sent out by a Democrat, a Democratic mayor. In this case, Palm Beach County, who said that the 60 Minutes reporting was not just based on bad information. Quote, it was intentionally false. Um, Look at, for example, we were talking about the MLB boycott. Well, once you look at, okay, the new Georgia voting law and you compare, you know, states like Delaware versus Georgia versus New York, you really begin to realize Georgia's far more inclusive than either one of those states. You know, Senator Tim Scott saying, well, how can you have a legitimate conversation about something so sacred as voting? And how can you distort the facts so terribly 
that you're willing to bring the concept of a poll tax or the concept of Jim Crow. And one of the more insidious things that has gone on here with this false narrative about what just took place down in Georgia is Major League Baseball. First, they signed a deal with the repressive regime, the communist Chinese, only days before announcing the Georgia boycott. Uh, And then they wouldn't respond to an email to confirm the details of the Chinese deal and why they're continuing to do business with China in spite of a whole laundry list of human rights abuses. I mean, a new poll shows outrage over Georgia voting laws is absolute nonsense when you look at the numbers. And, you know, by the way, why is their headquarters in New York? They're voting. They're voting. Restrictions are far greater in New York. Biden's great state of Delaware. Same thing. You know, Rand Paul might be a little too woke if the league does business with the Chinese communists while boycotting Georgia. Trump calls for a major league boycott. After all this, critics rightly slamming this decision. It's insanity. Atlanta could lose as much as $100 million in all of this. By the way, in a county that Joe Biden won. Pretty amazing. we got other cities now fighting to see if they can get control of this. Even Stacey Abrams, although she was threading a needle. Well, I don't call for the boycott yet or now because she desperately wants to be governor. And I'm no fan of the governor currently down there. That is Kemp. So 60 Minutes looks to become just the latest in a series of programs to smear Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now we have the evidence that that's all true. Um, Then you go back to Hunter Biden's laptop. CBS's soft Hunter Biden interview. Okay. I have been briefed on the contents through my sources. Not one, multiple sources. Uh, the contents on Hunter Biden's laptop. If it's released, it would be the biggest bombshell about both Joe and Zero Experience Hunter. I know people that have copies of the laptop. His lawyers went because I interviewed the repair shop owner and said, we want we're here to retrieve Hunter's laptop. It had been handed over to the FBI, the same FBI that went, you know, hardcore after General Flynn, hardcore after Paul Manafort, dragging up a case that was long dead and gone. You know, the same law enforcement that used 30 guys in tactical gear, including frogmen, and tipped off CNN cameras for a pre-dawn raid at Roger Stone's house for a process crime of lying to Congress. Unbelievable. I'm telling you, all of these, these are fundamental things that you, you begin to see foundationally a breakdown in a society when, there, when there's no equal application or equal justice under our laws and you have dual justice systems and you have flagrant double standards applied to people. It is, it is I, I can't even, I can't even tell you how extraordinarily dangerous this is for a country to survive without becoming, you know, as bad as, you know, you name your country, whichever one you think is the worst. And you're probably right. Uh, All right, let's get to our busy phones here. As we say hi, Alex is in Arizona. Alex, how are you? Glad you called. 
Hi, Sean. It's an honor to speak to you. I'm a huge fan. Um, I just you. wanted to make a quick. I just wanted to make a quick thing. Uh, I live here in Phoenix, Arizona, and one thing that I've noticed coming out of the Democrats is that they play this game in which they conflate certain crises and stomp down other ones in order to juxtapose themselves into these positions of power by saying that they can fix these issues and never fixing. How long is it going to take the American people to realize that they're, they're, they're pandering for power and they're not actually trying to help people? I, I, I think the impact is going to be felt. The, the problem is, in my mind, it's very appealing to have power-hungry politicians say, you see these group of people over here, we're going to take what they have, we're going to give it to you. Sounds great on paper, right? We're all going to live equally. The word equal gets thrown around. Not 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 rights being granted from God, but from government. You know, we're, we're that, we're, you believe in natural rights or you believe in governmental systems. The promises are always the same. They're going to promise you the moon. How did Obamacare work out? How's that Medicare and Social Security lockbox? How, how are those lockboxes doing? They're bankrupt. How is law and order working out in Democratic-controlled states for decades and cities for decades? How's their educational system? So they're going to say, okay, we're going to raise taxes on those evil corporations. Those corporations, as we discussed with Austin Goolsby earlier, they're just going to pass that on to you. You know, we're not going to pollute the environment. We'll join the Paris Accords and we'll trust the World Health Organization. We'll pay the massive amount of funding for all of this. And in the case of the Paris Climate Accords, China and India are viewed as developing nations and we foot the bill for everything. And then we stupidly take away high-paying career jobs, eliminate our energy independence, then become dependent on countries that hate us, which drags up the price of filling up your tank at the gas pump and heating and cooling your home. These promises, socialism always fails. Whatever name it's given, whatever manifestation, whatever form it takes on, the promises are mighty. The the class warfare is is full-born. And in the end, the results are the promises are never fulfilled. There's more poverty. And then you have to figure out how much of your personal freedoms you gave up in the name of false promises of security. And that's where they're going to take us. It's unfolding before our eyes. And you can see the grip of you know, of, of the big government state authoritarianism, statism, as it's played out on the world stage, now playing out in the United States of America, which um, I don't think ends well. We'll give you the last word. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. You're absolutely right. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for you know speaking truth to power, and God bless you and Linda and the whole team there, and God bless the rush up there, and keep up the good fight, sir. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Appreciate it. And God bless the U.S. We can We can use it. Chris in Pennsylvania. What's up, Chris? How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Yeah. Hey, um, so I heard you talking to, uh, who was it? Newt. I think it was last Friday or no, last Thursday. And you went through your list of uh, conservative values and, and stuff like that. But I just wanted to remind you, uh, this was back when Obama was president. You had a congressman on and he went over, uh, he said the acronym FLINT. And that stood, it was F. L-I-N-T. It was free enterprise, limited government, individual liberty, national defense, traditional values. And that just always stuck with me. Um, I was like, man, that is such a great description of conservatism, you know? So anyway, I just wanted to call you up and say, uh, appreciate all you do and kind of leave Listen, that I mean, it's, it, I, I say and I argue, if you have a second, Chris, conservatism as I as what it means for me is actually very simple. 
Liberty, freedom, limited government, a belief in right. natural rights over governmental rights. That rights come from God, not from government. It believe, I believe in our Constitution, including the First and Second Amendment. We believe in lower taxes, limited bureaucracy, right? So we can have a, a thriving business environment. Uh, right. I think one role of government is law and order, safety and security. Every town, every city, it's achievable if we set out to do it. Uh, a good educational system. We spend more per capita per child than any other country in the industrialized world with the worst results. We could fix that, too, if we wanted. Uh, secure borders. You know, yep. you, you can't be a nation if your borders are insecure. Energy independence. It's good for national security, and it's good for us and good for business because it lowers the price of the lifeblood of the world's economy. Uh, then things like constitutionalists on the on the bench, free and fair trade. Um, and peace through strength. That that's about covers it for me. I don't think exactly. it's that complicated. It would just it's good to get it into just a, a small, concise, clear package so that people can kind of take that and run with it in terms of getting the message out there what it's all about, you know. But you do a great job and just thanks for all you do. If everybody could just understand that, this kind and really embrace it and embrace freedom. So, you know, we don't teach freedom anymore. We're just the opposite. We teach conformity. It's, it's that, that, that's why wokeness is so dangerous and cancel culture is so dangerous because you can't even hear some of these ideas. You know, God forbid if I ever stated what I just told you in a college classroom or, you know, in a public school somewhere in some liberal city, it'd be like heresy. Be, you know, I'd, I'd get the big scarlet C letter conservative painted on me. Uh, appreciate it, Chris. 800-941-SHAWN. The Utopia, United Socialist Utopia, California. Chris, what's up? Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm good, sir. What's going on? I'm calling. Uh, I just wanted to bring to light the, the tragedy with the, all the homeless veterans that I'm coming across. And especially watching the news and seeing that we're housing clothing and feeding illegals at the border is just completely absurd to me. I mean, I drove by the Los Angeles VA the other day, and I saw hundreds and hundreds of tents around with American flags on them. The San Vicente, which is a street just west of the, of the VA, is lined. The, the entire sidewalk is lined with tents with veterans out front. And it's, it's just really sad to see that these heroes that went and risked their lives for us, basically, so you and I can sit here and have a discussion about it, are being treated the way that they are. And I told myself the other day that I was going to do something about it, and I've literally reached out to every single senator and congressman and congresswoman in California in the last couple of days. I've reached out to the VA, the VA LA housing team, to the VA homeless assistant, to the White House VA hotline, to the VA office of the inspector general. And I'm not getting anything. I mean, these people are here to, to help and to answer questions and, and do things, and nobody's doing anything. Let me, let me we- say this. That, that's why we support like, groups like Building Homes for Heroes. I'm going to give you a real quick analysis. Is we, after 9-11, we needed the war on radical Islamic terrorism. Trump taught us how to fight it, though. And that is with the with modern military weaponry, we don't we don't need to be sending our national treasure door to door like we ended up doing in Iraq. And now we have a new ability to to fight wars with pinpoint accuracy. You push a button in Tampa, Florida, and you take out your target. We saw it with Soleimani on that tarmac. And but in in retrospect, fighting that war the way we fought it 
in part because we didn't quite have the technology we have today, but for other reasons too. Um, these guys were overdeployed. Every human being has a breaking point here, and PTSD is real, and the trauma that they experience has been real. And the, you're right, the fact that we don't do more to help them is unconscionable. I know Donald Trump fixed the, the VA hospitals, but um, they should be better taken care of. I agree with you, and we should do something about it. I, you know, I didn't see any of that money in any of the proposals of Biden and Harris. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hope you'll set your DVR, Hannity, tonight. we got a great show, 9 Eastern, Fox News, news you won't get from the mob, the latest on MLB, woke culture, cancel culture, the borders. Hunter Biden speaks, and it's not good for him. We'll have the latest on Joe's big tax push and his failing agenda. All happening 9 Eastern tonight. We'll see you then. Set your DVR. We'll be back here tomorrow. As always, thanks for being with us.